everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am back in the podcast studio with the one and only, you love him, Dr. Oren Martin. So glad to be here. It's great to have you here. Can I call you Doc? How, <laughs> I'll, how do you... I only make my older sister call me that. That's fair. You know, I I am an older sister. So I then, yeah. could see my my younger sister will be a doctor one day. That's what siblings do. She'll, yep. Well, we have a, a fun chapter today. Exodus 30. We've got a lot of things in here, specifically anointing oil. Yeah, I've never heard anyone say that their favorite chapter in the Bible is Exodus 30. I can't say I have either. It is God's Word. <laughs> it is, and it's here for a reason. Yep. And I would imagine that a lot of us at this point in the reading plan, we flip the page. Oh, man, it's another chapter of instructions and lists and things that maybe don't make a lot of sense. How should we approach passages like this one? Yeah. Uh, a couple of things uh, that I'd say is, you know, when we think about the big picture, maybe 30,000-foot view, uh, God cares about His presence because He is holy. Hmm. And, you know, one of the things we see from the tabernacle that later, you know, kind of a movable tent that be, then becomes, you know, a permanent uh, temple when they when they settle on the land, uh, same kind of things going on, is the tabernacle and temple signified God's presence, right? That God was right. present with his people. And so, you know, there's so many instructions, and to us it maybe seems uh, tedious or, or redundant or foreign just because we don't understand sure. it. But But the big thought we should have in our head is, is God is holy. And how can an unholy people dwell in his presence? And, and it must and only must be uh, in the ways that he prescribes, right? And, what, and what, even then, is is such a, a mercy from the Lord that that God, God cares about us being in his presence. But if we're going to be in his presence, it has to be on his terms. And, and he makes provisions for it. That, like, that's the beauty of it, right? That, that right. God himself takes the initiative for us to be in his presence. Mm. And yes, we have to be clean and we have to, you know, there's burning of incense and, and sacrifice and all that kind of stuff. All of it should communicate one point. God is holy. We are unholy. Yet God is gracious. Or I should say, and God is gracious and has done everything necessary so that we can come into his presence. It's good. So, Oren, as we look at specifically this, the latter portion of the chapter, anointing oil and incense, I think even just using um, that word anointing. Yeah. Can, can be confusing. Yeah. So what are we talking about here in this context? How do we interpret the use of that word? Yeah, well, again, you know, it comes in the context of, you know, here we are in the in the tabernacle. At the center of the tabernacle is what would be kind of the, the heart of it, which is where atonement is made. And, you know, we have here with, uh, you know, when the Lord says to Moses, take the finest spices, and here he's making incense, and we have the priests here. Uh, you know, all of this in this incense is is kind of a a, a symbolizing of of being holy or being set apart mm-hmm. uh, as they go about their responsibilities as priests. And part of their responsibilities is, uh, you know, again, given their responsibilities with the sacrificial system and offering sacrifices and going in as representatives on behalf of Israel, uh, they they must approach God in certain ways, and that means being set apart. And I think symbolically, or maybe physically, or, or you know, visibly, that's seen in how they cleanse themselves. Mm-hmm. Incense is part of that. And it's just all all of that symbolizing being set apart for God. It's good. So being set apart meant what exactly? It was a cultural yeah, so, so, yeah, di- distinction. Yeah, and I think that's part of you know maybe the difficulty we have is is 
you know, 20 whatever century we're in, uh, <laughs> mo- modern readers, right? You know, there's a distance between us and the, the time of, of Israel in this time, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's there's cultural distance. There's uh, language distance, right? There's uh, all, all I mean, historical distance. Uh, so so there's, there's different kinds of, of distances we have because we don't really understand, you know, may, maybe that's, that's not how we would go about being set apart today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it is in in that day one of the things that God prescribed or God gave them to do so that they would be distinct from the nation. So I mm-hmm. take it as because He's telling them to do this to to signify being set apart from the the nations and being set apart unto God is that the other nations weren't doing that mm-hmm. uh, and, and they weren't doing that in, in their exclusive loyalty to the one true and living God. And so, you know, then you can you can read, you know, great commentaries. Alan Cole has a great commentary on Exodus. There's all kinds of good good commentaries on Exodus that we can go. If you want more detail, you can look into those. But it would just be to simply say, uh, there are cultural things going on uh, that uh, th- that God is is giving to them so that they might be set apart for Him and set apart from the nations as they approach God, as they uh, are a people who who are his his possession, a, a, a kingdom of priests and a royal priesthood. Exodus 19.6. Exodus 19.6. So, so this oil, it would essentially be used to, for the priests to make themselves holy. Yeah. If they touched something that was considered unclean, yeah. they would now be in need yeah. of this oil. Mm-hmm. Talk about that for a second. Why is that significant for us? Yeah, again, you know, it's just it's a symbol of being set apart, of being clean. And, sure. you know, the amazing thing, I, mean, I just see gospel all in this because, it, you know, if a, if a priest touched something unclean, the priest— would become unclean. That's why there's you know a lot of a, a lot of uh, uh, stipulations on on how a priest is to be clean, sure. uh, is to be set apart. And you know what what's amazing when you think about you know fast forward to the New Testament, Jesus as the the greater priest, right? right. As, as Hebrew so beautifully lays out, and he's the great high priest. Uh, not only did he not become unclean when he touched unclean people. So you think about the the woman who you know has been you know bleeding for years and she goes to touch the fringe of the garment. Mm-hmm. Not only does he not become unclean, he actually makes her clean, mm-hmm. which speaks about the power of Jesus, and that's why he is a greater high priest than any other high priest came before him because of who he is. That's so good, Oren. When when Christ comes to us, uh, he cleanses us, right? Uh, you know, which is important for us to see as Christians that that Christ isn't merely out to wipe away our debt. He's, he's not just there to give us, you know, insurance, uh, you know, or a ticket out of hell. Yeah, a ticket out of hell. He's actually, he, he's actually greater than that. Not only does he save us from our sins, he actually cleanses us from our sins uh, so that we can become holy, right? So, you know, I think even as we, as we think about anointing and kind of the, well, what that meant in terms of symbolizing being set apart, now, because of what Christ has done, and he promises this to his disciples in John 14 through 16, when I go away, after he does his work as our great High, high priest and prophet and king. When he goes away, it's to their advantage because he's going to send another helper, another advocate, uh, to uh, to not just be with them as the Holy Spirit was was uh, with the Old Testament saints and in the temple. No, actually, John fourteen says he's not just going to be with you; he's going to be in you. Mm. And so we have this anointing now being set apart. Uh, not not just with with external uh, incense or external oils, right? We actually have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who sets us apart, so that we can now be empowered uh, to live uh, in such a way as to be set apart from the the culture around us, right? Uh, and be set apart to God as we seek to be faithful witnesses to Christ. So today, if I'm 
scrolling on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, I come across some random sermon clip and I hear uh, somebody use the word anointing to describe maybe a, a gifted teacher. Yeah. Like you you have the anointing yeah. that feels like a little bit of a dangerous word to yeah. use because yeah. it can, it can uh, create a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think they're attempting to describe and what's dangerous about using that word yeah, in that well, kind of context? I, I think maybe what, what is confusing is taking Old Testament language and applying it in the new. Hmm. And, and so I would, I, would, I would just say um, it's better to, to do what the New Testament says we do now, right? Or right. how do we live in light of you know the Holy Spirit now? Mm-hmm. Does He anoint us? Well, it depends on what you mean by that. He gives well, us, right? We understand from the, from the New Testament that you know again because of what Jesus has done, He sends His Spirit to indwell us. Uh, we are now the temple of God, both individually and corporately. First and Corinthians, right. uh, first and Second Corinthians says, uh, so the, so the Holy Spirit indwells us now, and you know so if you want to call that anointing. Fine, but by that you mean every Christian is is indwelt by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, and and the Holy Spirit gifts every Christian for service, uh, and you know as, as the end of First Corinthians fourteen says, you know or twelve, uh, you know not everybody has every gift. Right. right. Some have yep. the gift of teaching. Some have the gift of of service or helps or mm-hmm. administration or whatever it is. Um, you know, every Christian has at least one gift to serve the body of Christ so that it may be built up to full maturity in Christ. Uh, and, you know, we have commands in the New Testament, like Ephesians, you know, 5, that says to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, so that's a command, right, to to, uh, to to pray and to seek to be filled. Because we we know sometimes we, when we're given into temptation and sin, that's not being filled with the Spirit. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, every Christian has, by virtue of what Christ has done and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, to, to use their gifts uh, in such a way to to bless others and to build up the church. That's good, Oren. I think we're out of time. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here. Thanks for jumping in. And as always, I am so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.